Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. And welcome back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I am your host, Nikki. I'm going to be your puzzle master for today. Thanks for tuning in again. Last week, we spoke about finding connection with your child through art therapy. And if you didn't get a chance to check out that episode, please do. We've got some wonderful suggestions on ways that you can connect with your child and hopefully create some new experiences for them as well. This week, we're going to talk about why you should consider telling your child about their autism diagnosis. And I realize that that's kind of a delicate uh, issue, and it's something that we've dealt with in our own home ourselves. So I am going to share a little bit of our experience as well and, and why we felt that it was important to talk to Drayson about his autism and have him understand that he's autistic. So... It's so many questions as a parent, you know, that first pops up in your head. Like, how do I tell them? Should I tell them right away? Should I should I put it off? Should I wait? And initially when Drayson was diagnosed, he was three. He was younger. And we didn't, you know, we knew he wouldn't necessarily conceptualize. But we now he's 10. And we we have told him that he's autistic. And I think that it's it's important for several reasons, and I'm going to give you some quick tips um, on maybe how to talk to them about it and also why it's important. Because I think it's a conversation that not just you as a family need to have, but also involve involve your child who is autistic in that conversation. Um, it's never going to be a one-time conversation. It's constantly a revolving door, um, but it's something that it's good to start talking about now. And not only that, it helps your family unit to become stronger. It also helps your community surroundings to become stronger and more open about what autism is, which is great for creating more awareness in general. So here are a couple quick tips. First, um, the first reason why I feel it's so important is mainly because you don't, you don't want them to hear it from other people. Especially when they get older, you don't want them to hear from somebody or have somebody say to them that they're autistic and them not understand what's happening or what's going on. And that could potentially give them a lot of shame and embarrassment. So it's very important that you be the point person. You be the one to tell them and don't let them hear it from somebody else because it could really create a lot of more confusion than what really should be happening for them. It also can lead them to hide maybe trying to be autistic, and that's not necessarily a healthy thing either. Um, you've, you know, a lot of people in the autism community talk about how they hide their autism, and people say, oh, you know, you've gotten so much, you know, quote, better. And for an autistic adult, if you talk to them, they'll say it's, it, you know, my stemming or my, my, um, ticks or whatever it is that they have didn't go away. They just learned how to hide it. And there's a time and a place, but at the same time, they you don't want them to feel like they have to hide who they really are. It's not a healthy situation. It could not 
fare well in terms of their mental health. So again, just make sure that they hear it from you and that they don't hear it from others. After you guys have that conversation and they're aware that they're autistic, it's not a big deal if they hear it from other people because they already know. And so that's kind of the, it kind of lessens the impact for them if they hear it out in the autism community, or excuse me, in the community. Um, it helps them to get educated. This is another reason why it's so important. They become inquisitive and you can help them get answers and gather information for them. So it's a win-win. You learn more about it. They learn more about it. Be proactive when they're asking to learn more. They might ask you questions like, did they catch it from someone else? Um, how long have they had it? And um, why do their siblings not have it if they have brothers or sisters? You know, why? How come, how come they don't have it? And will it hurt them? Those are some of the questions that can come up in these conversations, but it's good to address it so that, again, they can create an understanding about their diagnosis. Make it natural um, as possible, which I know that that's hard, but don't be prepared for the conversation, but don't necessarily make it where it has to be so planned. The sooner that they know, the more fluid the conversations can be. So maybe create those teachable moments with your child so that you can open up those conversations. And again, like I said, this is not a one-time conversation. Uh, be prepared for many conversations and many periods of life, just like any other child going through preteens and teenage years and going into adulthood. As parents, we all have to have those conversations, right? This is no different for a child on the spectrum. It's just some of the conversations might have to be a little different. And don't ask them if they want to talk about it. And the reason why I say that is because if you give them an option to say yes or no, oftentimes they're probably going to say no. That is Drayson's favorite wor word. In fact, I got him a t-shirt that says the long answer is nope, the short answer is no. Because more times than not, he will say no before, even when I'm trying to get him to do a task, he'll say no. So don't leave that open. Don't ask them if they want to talk about it. Um, find ways to incorporate it in the conversation and make it more fluid. So look for opportunities to have a more open conversation or to lead into some of these questions that they might have. Another reason why it's important is because it helps with future advocacy for them. As they mature, they're going to be faced with many issues at home, at school, at social events, um, any place out in the community. They're going to be faced with many issues. And knowing how it impacts them socially, emotionally, and even academically is good for them because they're able then to voice and express their wants and needs. And if there's an accommodation that's needed, they can express that. And it makes them a stronger advocate for themselves in the long run as they become older and they understand what they like and don't like or what bothers them or doesn't bother them. They're able to try to communicate that. And that's by us as parents giving them the tools and resources to do so. So the, you know, the more you talk about it, the more they understand, then as they get older, they'll be able to also advocate for themselves. Um, another quick tip that I have for you guys is to get involved in the autism community. Let them meet others on the spectrum. Let them understand how different they all are. I, I'm sure you've heard a saying that once you've met one 
person on the spectrum. You've only met one person on the spectrum because it's so vast. Everybody's so different. There's so many different individualistic qualities about each child on the spectrum that it's important that they meet others and learn that they're, they're similar but yet different and that they're going to have differences too. Um, at first, I was really against putting Drayson in a school for autism, and that's that's where he is now. He's in a school for, for uh, primarily for autism. And when he was younger, I was really, really against it. I really felt like him being around his social peers and doing peer modeling would be really beneficial for him. And so at first, I did have him in a, in a public school. And the the only regret that I have is that I wish that I would have put him in the school sooner rather than later. Um, it unfortunately took um, some things that happened at his at his other school for me to realize that it just wasn't the right place for him. But at the same time, there's going to be plenty of social opportunities where he can learn to integrate with other people. It's not just at school. So, you know, make sure that you find ways. For me, that was really big. Um, getting him more involved in the autism community because he's in a school now where they help with life skills, they help with social skills, they help with culinary, they help with all sorts of different things, but it's in a more structured environment where people understand those behaviors. And they learn to understand each other. He learns to understand his peers. And I'm so surprised because since he's been attending this school, we will go there for events, and I've noticed that he says hi to his classmates. He'll wave. He'll say goodbye to them. He wasn't doing that at when he was at the other school. So I've seen growth in him since we've started, and he's been there for almost a year and a half now, and I've seen growth, so much growth in him in the last year and a half than I did in the last three years, four years that he was at this, at this other school. They may begin to ask questions, you know, why, why do some kids wear headphones? Why, um, how come some kids have service dogs? Um, it's all opening up the conversation so that they can understand how each person is still different and that that's okay. Those are, those are questions that they'll start to see too, even within the autistic community, because some kids' noises are too loud. They need to wear headphones. Some kids need guidance with a service dog. Um, we even thought about getting a service dog for a little while with Drayson too, because when he was younger, he used to take off running from us. And that was terrifying for me as a parent. So we uh, really had to incorporate a lot of goals to get him to understand that he can't just take off running in a parking lot at a grocery store from us, that he could get hurt. Another reason why it's so important, and, and this one is, is, is a heartbreaking subject, but it, it does happen, is discrimination. Um, they may encounter that at some point in their life. The more awareness that we build, the more we talk about it, the less likely that that is to happen because we're educating ourselves, our children, and the community that surrounds us. Being able to recognize it will be the first step in effectively dealing with it. So it's a, it's good for them to understand that that might be something that happens. And you you have to build that trust so that they can come to you with it. Because that's also a really hard thing. Again, sometimes being feeling shameful or um, embarrassed is is a lot of times things that they will the, that they're going to go through. They don't necessarily show it. Drayson gets embarrassed, but you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell right away. Um, so we've tried to help him with identifying, like I feel embarrassed or I feel anxious or those types of things, so that we can further help him with with dealing with that. 
and you know show them that they're more than their diagnosis. This is so important is is to show them that they're more than their diagnosis because it, there is more to them than their diagnosis. I mean, think about yourself in the profession that you're in. Um, you know, if you're in healthcare, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, um, if you're a work for the post office, or maybe you're a police officer, any of those things, you're so much more than just what you do for a living, right? And we're so much more as individuals, and it's no different from a person for a person on the spectrum. It's good to talk about it, but you know, um, everything they do doesn't always center around being autistic. You know, remind them of their special skills, their qualities, their talents that they have. We all have that, you know, um, and remind them of all of those things because it's important and it helps to build confidence. It helps them to strengthen what they're good at and maybe work on what they're not good at or maybe something that they do want to work on. It helps to identify that. Um, you can also do this through books and movies that show well-known well-known individuals with autism. You know, we've watched a couple documentaries about autism, um, you know, looking for books or things. You know, Drayson, like I said, he's 10. So as he gets older, I hope to share more advanced um, things with him. But for now, it's always the exposure of letting them understand that, that they're – they can be successful and people have been successful even with an autism diagnosis. Another quick tip that I have for you is just to prepare others around you. Let them know that you're having these conversations in case it gets brought up. You know, grandparents, siblings, teachers, anybody that's with them or around them maybe on a daily basis, it's so important that you prepare others around you and let them know that you're having these conversations. Because when they first start conceptualize that they are autistic, they might say to you, they might make a comment to you or to a teacher or to a, grand, a grandparent or sibling saying that they're autistic. So let them know what you're talking about and how you're presenting it so that everyone around you can also support that. It's very important because then that gives them the validation that they need to understand more about their diagnosis. You know, these are all great tips and they're all super important. And but before you even delve into that, I I just want to offer you all a, a word of advice. And that is to watch your tone when you start talking about it. When they become aware, they're going to observe your habits and how you're addressing it. So if you're talking to somebody and somebody's talking back to you about autism, make sure that you are still holding the mold on how you want autism to be represented, how you want that diagnosis to be known to that person. Um, I remember I had somebody um, once very vividly say to me, I feel so bad. I feel so bad that your son's suffering from autism. And I, I very kindly looked at her and I said, he isn't suffering. He's just simply autistic. So it's helping people to understand that this is not a gloom and doom situation. We are not suffering. Drayson has a very full life. He's a wonderful child, and he just thinks differently. And that's how I had presented it back to her when I responded. But if Drayson were in that room and saw how I responded, they do mirror that behavior. They mirror that reaction. So I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of my son's autism, and I... I think it's important that I also show that to him because I don't want him to ever become embarrassed or, sh or feel shame over being autistic. 
be in a good headspace before you speak to them about it. It's hard sometimes to for parents to even act happy. And I've said this before. I've had fleeting thoughts where I'm like, why can't my child just quote unquote be normal? But it's important that you that you present it in a positive light and that you don't let your tone translate any underlying feelings that you may have about autism. If you have if you're struggling with this diagnosis, do not have this conversation yet with your child. If you are struggling with your son or daughter's diagnosis, get help. Get out of your head and find the right headspace that you need to be in so that you can make this a positive situation for your child, a more positive situation for you, and that also so that you feel better about getting the resources that you need. A lot of times we don't realize that we're our own worst enemy. And when we get into our own heads about things, we don't realize that we could be causing damage that is more long-term than you realize. If I was in my head and if I was so upset about Drayson's diagnosis, I would not have been able to go out and get him the resources that he needs and the care that he needs. So really make sure that you get into a good headspace. And I do understand how exhausting that is. That can be exhausting. So do what you need to do. Figure that out. And if you're not sure, start asking questions to see what you can do to help yourself first before you help your child. Make sure that you, when you sit down and you speak to them about it, that they realize that it is about them, all about them, and that it's not about you. It's just so important. Before you do anything else, make sure that you are in your right, you feel like you're in your right mind, right headspace to be having that conversation or at least to start talking about it. At the um, end of every episode, we like to do a story highlight or ask some sort of question to you. So I'm going to ask a question today, and please feel free to email the show in at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. We would love to hear your answers to this question. And if we read your story, we'll let you know when it's going to be published. And also, we'll probably send you a nice little gift and for thanking you for uh, allowing us to share your story. But have you had that conversation with your child about being on the spectrum? And what questions did they ask you? I'd be curious to know. And what questions maybe did you ask them in return? We'd love to hear your story. Again, please share with us by emailing the show in at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. This concludes our episode for today. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pieces for My Puzzle. And if you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others. We'd love to be able to spread the word and provide more good thoughts and good vibes in the autism community. And feel free also to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Thanks so much. Until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. Take care.